Amen. Evening, everybody. How is everyone? Are you a bit cold? I will, like, I will try and do a quick talk, all right, so that you don't have to sit there in the cold. Um, many of you will know, just before I start talking, many of you will know that um, Danny Drage very sadly died this uh, week. And um, just to let you know that and that our thoughts and our prayers are with his um, family right now. Um, he was bedridden for a, a long time and he, I can remember him coming once um, in his wheelchair and uh, there's many people that have gone around and visited him and I'm so grateful for all the people that have supported him over this time and, uh, but it's very, it's sad news so do remember their family at this time. Okay, we are going to look at Moses. Okay, the whole, uh, you know we've been looking at the big story and we, for the whole year, will be looking at, um, you know, the, sto- the Bible and uh, we started in Genesis, we've had to rush through a little bit, the creation and, and um, Abraham and we're going to spend a bit of time camping out in the in the book of Exodus, where we find this amazing story of Moses. And, uh, you know, the whole thing about Exodus is about, the whole story is about taking slaves with slave mentality and slave thinking and slaves in in their, their entirety into freedom into a place where they become land-owning, free people. And that is really the story of salvation. We see it all the time, where God God takes us when we are so unfree, and he brings us freedom, and he brings us into a new place. And so that's the whole story that we're going to look at. Now, We are looking today at Exodus 1 and 2, but I'm not going to read whole of Exodus 1 and 2. But really fortunately for all of us, um, Stephen, before he died in the New Testament, talks all about Moses and he sums up the story really well. So we're going to read from Acts 7 and um, just read a little bit about what happens in um, Acts 1 and 2. says this time. At this time, Moses was born, and he was no ordinary child. For three months, he was cared for in his father's house, and when he was placed outside, Pharaoh's daughter took him and brought him up as her own son. Moses was educated in the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and action. When Moses was 40 years old, he decided to visit his fellow Israelites. He saw one of them being mistreated as an Egyptian, so he went to his defense and avenged him by killing the Egyptian. Moses thought that his own people would realize that God was using him to rescue them. They did not. And the next day, Moses came upon two Israelites who were fighting, and he tried to reconcile them by saying, men, you are brothers. Why do you want to hurt each other? But the man who was mistreating the other pushed Moses aside and said, Who made you ruler and judge over us? Do you want to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? When Moses heard this, he fled to Midian, where he settled as a foreigner and had two sons. So in essence, 
That is what happens in Exodus uh, 1 and 2. Um, it's, Joseph has been forgotten, long and forgotten. There's a new Pharaoh, and the new Pharaoh does not like the Hebrews. He does not like the Israelites. He wants them to work hard. He wants them to be their slaves. He, his slaves. He makes them his slaves. And then he is threatened by them because they are growing. They are multiplying. They are becoming stronger and stronger. He doesn't like it, so he tells the midwives to kill those baby boys that are born. The midwives are more frightened of God than they are of Pharaoh, so they don't kill the babies. And when they say, why aren't you killing the babies? They say, the Hebrew women, they're too strong. They give birth and we, before we've even got there. So um, they make their excuse. And uh, so then he decides to kill the baby boys. And Kat's so right when she says, I wonder what was going through the mind of Moses' mother. She was, I bet she was wishing she had a girl. And there she has a boy. She hides this little baby boy. And she puts him in the basket in the, uh, in the, in the river outside. And uh, Miriam, his sister, looks after him, keeps an eye on him. Of course, Pharaoh's daughter comes and finds him and uh, says, who's this baby? This must be one of the Hebrew babies. I want, I want this baby. And so Miriam says, well, my mum will look after him for three months. So uh, M- Miriam's mum, Moses' mum, takes care of Moses until he is weaned. And then he is taken into Pharaoh's uh, palaces and brought up as an Egyptian. And then, as this story says, there's this terrible thing that happens where he kills, he lashes out and kills one of the Egyptians that he sees is mistreating a Hebrew slave. So there's four things I want to bring out from this story, four things that really strike me, four threads that run through that I think, oh, that's so interesting. Um, The first thing is that Moses, I think Moses, needed to find out what freedom was himself before he could lead the people, the Israelites, into freedom themselves. He needed to find the way himself. In this passage, um, Moses isn't free. He isn't free at this point. He doesn't really know who he is, I would suggest. And he needed to find freedom for himself before he could lead a lot of people into the freedom that they were destined to move into. And so uh, I, last week, right, um, we, Tim and I, we went up to London. It always makes me laugh when Tim and I go up to London because... Um, I am so hopeless with like directions and I don't know where we're going and I've got and Tim completely knows where we're going and you know like I just get me to Victoria and then I'm completely lost and I'm lost on the on the tubes anyway Tim when we get to Victoria he holds my hand and he drags me through I'm like this little girl running through you know trying to keep up with him I have no idea where we're going he goes to the he goes into the you know the um the underground thing and I don't really like going in there and he goes in there and the, the it's just about to go and he stands in the middle of the of the door and he opens the door and I'm like oh yeah and I'm jumping in the but and, and off we go and uh, the thing is that Tim knows where we're going he's familiar with uh, London he's familiar with where he's going and I am not he can take me somewhere that he's gone before 
But uh, you know, I'm a little, I'm, I'm, you know, wondering what what we're doing. But that's the same with this story. You can't take somebody where you haven't been. You can't take somebody into freedom. And, and into finding out that God has set you free. If you haven't found that yourself, how do you help them find it? How do you help people find God and, and abandon themselves to God if, if we don't find that ourselves? So that's the first thing. We need to find out what it is to be free in order to lead people into freedom. And uh, that was what one of the things that Moses had to do. Second thing that Moses had to do was this. He had to find out who he was in God before he could help the people, the children of Israel, find out who they were in God. He had to find his identity. Okay, just think about this, right, everybody. Moses, he had a bit of a messed up childhood, I would suggest. I know it's an amazing story. I know that he was no ordinary child, and I know it's just incredible. But can you imagine this little baby was born in fear, in a lot of fear, and he was then, um, you you know, they try, you know, would they try and stop him crying? What would they have tried to do in those times and days? And then he was brought up by by his Hebrew mother, and he had Hebrew family and Israelite family who loved God, who followed God. And then what happened to him was he was put in a completely different environment. An environment, Pharaoh didn't follow God, he had loads of different gods. It was a completely different upbringing to the one he would have had if he had been brought up by his mum and dad. It was completely different. Um, He wouldn't have been taught about God, he wouldn't have been taught those things. It was a very, very different value system that he was actually brought up into. I think Moses didn't know who he was. I think he had no, he was struggling with his identity. Was he an Egyptian? Was he like Pharaoh's grandson? Or was he like a Hebrew? And, 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 And they were suffering down the road. Who was he? I don't think he had any idea who he was and what to do and this story shows that so well because of course he he kicks off uh with he he sees uh, an Egyptian hurting one of the Hebrew people and he's furious about it he kills him for it and then when he he runs away because he's in trouble and he meets some uh, he meets uh, his wife uh, his to be wife at the well and he uh, she takes him home to her father and she says he's an egyptian and he doesn't disagree he doesn't know who he is is he an egyptian is he an is, is he a hebrew what is he is does he follow god does he fo- what what is he moses had to go into that wilderness and we're going to find all about that to find out really who he was. And uh, the same with us. You know, it's so important that we know who are we in God? Who are we? You know, we might have been brought up with all sorts of ideas and all sorts of things that maybe we just think are completely normal to us. 
And and we don't even realise that that isn't what God sees in us, and that isn't what God says about us. Um, it's it, it. We need to like really think. God, tell us who are we? Who are we in you? Freedom in Christ is absolutely brilliant at the minute. Well, I loved the last one. It was so great. And I was talking really about, there was this whole thing about gold leaf, and there's going to be a gold leaf slide coming up in a minute. But gold leaf is what goes on, the, is, it's gold that goes, that's very, very thin, and it goes on the outside like of a, a, a statue or something like that. But gold leaf is often, uh, when we become Christians, we can just be who we are, but just put a bit of gold on. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like gold leaf, just put, cover ourselves like with gold, make ourselves look gold. But in the middle, we're not gold. We're, we're, we're the same as we were before, but we just look a bit gold. And then when somebody, when something happens, a bit of the gold rubs off. Uh, being, knowing who we are in God is knowing right at the very core of yourself, like your soul, your spirit, knowing who you are at the very core of you is knowing your identity and your, your purpose in God. So I'm going to read some things that are about our identity. So this, who am I? These are the things that God has said about us. I have been chosen and appointed by God to change the world around me. You have been chosen and appointed by God to change the world around you. You are a temple of God where God's Holy Spirit lives. You may approach God with freedom and confidence. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You are part of God's family and you have a role to play, 1 Corinthians 12, 27. I am assured, you are assured that in every circumstance, God will work together for good. You cannot be separated from the love of God. You are a citizen of heaven. You are kept safe with Christ in God. You are a child of God. You are a friend of God. You are holy and acceptable to God. You're a saint. You're forgiven and you are complete in Christ. I could go on. There's so many things to say about who you are. Now, you may listen to that and think, well, I don't really think, I don't know if I, that I agree with that or I don't know if I really feel that in the very core of me. Um, and I just want to talk about some things, ways. It's, it's great having preachers, isn't it? And you're like, yeah, that's great. Uh, you know, that's great what you're saying. But how do you change? How do things change for us? If we haven't got our identity in God, how does that change? And there are three things that help us to change or that have helped me to change. Um, one of them is, there are four, three stages. One of them is called pre, um, pre-awareness. Now, you uh, say, have you, anybody been watching like uh, Call the Midwife recently? Oh, it's on now, isn't it? We're missing it. I hope you've recorded it. So anyway, Call the Midwife, there's some real racist stuff that are going, because it's back in that, uh, when was Call the Midwife? 1950s or something? 19 what? What? 1960s, okay. So there's some really racist stories going on at the minute that really show some of the attitudes that were going on at that time. Now... At that time, I watch it right now, and I think, what? I can't believe it when I'm watching it. I'm absolutely flabbergasted. I think that's just terrible. But what they were in is in a pre-awareness state at that point, or some people were. They weren't aware that they were prejudiced. 
They thought it was all right. They thought everything was okay. They thought their prejudice was okay. But then what happens is we become aware. So the first stage is pre-awareness. We might not be aware of things. We might not be aware that we are not living thinking that God loves us. We might just be unaware of that. And then suddenly something happens that makes us aware of it. And we think, oh, I don't think I've been aware of this. And we become aware. We can become aware of all sorts of things. We can become aware of that we've believed a lie, that that we are something that we're not. We can become aware that we're prejudiced in a way that we think, oh, no, that's awful. Um, We can become aware of of some of our behaviour that we think, I don't like that. We become aware of it. And that's after we become aware of it is when we can have the turning point. The turning point is where we say, I don't want that anymore. I don't want that anymore. I'm aware of it. Awareness is a very, very key thing. And then saying, I don't want that. Now, what if, okay, you would be all of your life, right, since you were brought up, but since you were a baby, you thought, I'm worthless, I'm worthless, I'm worthless. This maybe has been said to you, this maybe has been said to you by a teacher or it may be what you've thought and you have thought it and you have thought it and you have thought it. There are pathways in your brain, okay? And they are called neuropathways, okay? And these neuropathways, they're a little bit like, you know, if I keep walking the same way across a field, I will make a pathway, right? So I'll make a muddy pathway and gradually I'll make more and more of an indentation. The more you think a certain thing, the more you will make neuropathways in your brain. So if you have thought all of your life, I am worthless, right? I am worthless, I am worthless, I am worthless. It's like a pathway in your brain that has been trodden on a lot. There's a track that goes through, and, it, and then when you think, you naturally think that way. Do you see what I mean? Because you've made a track that way, that na- you naturally go that way. So if you've thought you're worthless for the whole of your life, you need to make a new neuropathway in your brain. And how do you do that? You do that by repeating over and over again, I am not worthless. I am a child of God. I am not worthless. I am a child of God. Now that doesn't work if you say it three times. Because you have other pathways been saying it about, you know, a lot of times. You're going to have to keep saying that. You're going to have to keep saying it until that becomes your natural neuropathway. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? So you have to, so one thing that, so you have to keep on. If you have believed the lie that you are worthless or believe the lie that you can't do this, that and the other, or you've become very, very negative, and all you think about is negatively, negatively, you're going to have to change your neuropathway, and you're going to have to start thinking positively. And you're going to have to go over and over and over until it becomes a track in your brain that starts to think differently. That's why God says in the Bible, renew your minds. That's what it means. Renew your minds into my pathways, not your pathways, your, my pathways, the things that I want to say about you. Renew those things in you. That's why I love songs. Because for me, songs renew my pathways. Okay, I have got that song. Uh, there's nothing you find out, nothing you coming after me, right? I wake up in the middle of the night, it's round in my head. It's creating a neuro pathway in my head. Do you, I wake up in the morning, there's nothing, right? Uh, 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 yeah. 
I don't even know the words, but it's going around in my head. So anyway, um, those, it create, what's that doing to me? In the middle of the night, I'm saying to God, there's nothing you won't do to get me. Do you? And, and it's starting to create a reality that is a God reality in my brain. Do you, do you see what I mean? So when, when we need to change, we, we first of all, we'll think, Okay, I wasn't aware of that. Now I am aware of it. Now I need to do something. That's why scripture and, and, and knowing the Bible is so important because how do you know who you are unless you know that and you know it in the middle of you, in the very core of you. And so that, that's what uh, Moses had to find out, his identity. Uh, there's only two more things I'm going to say and I'll say them really quickly. But Moses, um, the third thing Moses had to find out Oh, there's the stages in awareness. Um, but the next thing he had to find out was that he needed to learn to react, to respond and not react. Okay, so when he goes, it, it all, he doesn't know who he is, he doesn't know where he's going, and then he goes and kills an Egyptian, right? He, res- he reacts, he's angry, he's so angry, he reacts. Anybody here react wrongly ever? Because I do, even if it's inside, I react wrongly. Now, one of the things that Moses had to learn to do was to wait on God, to wait, not to react, but to wait on God and to respond to what God was saying. Not to get all, sometimes we react to this and we react to that, we lose our job quickly, get another job somewhere. We stop, we forget that we need to sometimes stop We need to pause. Pausing is really, really important in our lives. To pause and to say, God, what are you saying? What do you want me to do? What's the next step? And um, Moses had to learn this because he, he, he reacted really badly in this situation. But then just before he goes and sees the Red Sea parted, which was a really, really, you know, um, big thing to happen. He, it says, wait on me, Moses. I will fight for you. That's what God says to him. Wait on me, Moses. I will fight for you. Sometimes we want to react. We want to be angry and we want to kick out. And God says, when you want to react, learn to wait. That's why when, you know, when you're a little person and mum says to you, count to ten. There's a good reason why she says that. Because we need to learn to count to ten sometimes and not react need to learn to respond to what God is saying to us. I heard a really fantastic thing that a lady said the other day. Uh, she said that each one of us has, it has the potential to be a parent, an adult, and a child. And the parent in us is a nurturing parent or a discipline disciplining parent and the child in us is a playful child or a rebellious child and what we can do sometimes is call that out in somebody so say if you know say if somebody is behaves really really badly and like starts reacting what do you think that calls out in me that calls out in me maybe the discipline parent or the nurturing parent 
And uh, sometimes we can react to each other and we can bring out... So so in a marriage relationship, for instance, you do not want to have a parent-child relationship where one of you is always kicking off or always being the child and the other one's always being the adult. What you need in relationships is adult-adult relationships where we behave as adults. We do not go into child and become children and get bad-tempered and kick off because that means that the other person has to be the adult and or be the parent in it we need to look at how we respond and what our responses are and are they godly last thing and this is a really quick thing to say Moses had to find out that he couldn't fix everything and that he had to just let go and that's one of the things that I think is one of the hardest things ever to find out is that Sometimes we can't fix everything. Moses couldn't fix it all. He just had to run, to be honest. He couldn't fix everything. He had to just let go. He had to just let God be God. He had to just let go of all of his identity. He had to let go of um, all of the ideas that he had held so dear. And he had to let that go and say, God, come and be in this situation. And so sometimes we just, it's so important that we do that as well and just let go so many great things that we can learn from Moses I wonder if the um, band can come on up that would be fantastic I wonder if you just have a just where you are right now just say God is there anything you want to say to me just in the quiet I'm sure he's got something to say to all of us, hasn't he? So just say, what, what do you want to say to me, God? And listen to what he says. Father God, I pray for us here today, and I pray, God, that we, we do want to, we want to lead people into freedom, and so I pray, God, that you would lead us into freedom. We want to lead people into knowing that their identity in God, and so, Father, we pray that you would lead us, and that we would find out who we really are in you, Father God. It wouldn't be just gold leaf on us but it would be something that's at the very core of who we are. So we pray, God, come and fill us again. Come and make us aware of what you're aware of. We want to be in line with you, Father. Just pray that you would uh, show us what that is for us. Whatever we need to let go of, may we let go of that.